Campus Connection, a Carolina housing podcast. Welcome back, folks. Hey, Happy New Year. Is it too late to say that? My name is Matt Bertram. I'm the Assistant Director of Marketing for Carolina Housing. And along with me today is... Riley Knott, the Social Media and Digital Marketing Manager here at Carolina Housing. So we are really excited to be coming at you again. This episode marks season two of the show. We're kind of proud about that. What a journey. One year in on the podcast. We just want to thank you. If you've been a loyal listener with us from the beginning, we appreciate it. Really, the goal of this show is to guide you along in your journey. If you are a student, if you're a parent, we want to just provide you with information about what we do, about our community. It's a really special story to tell. It's been a privilege to talk to all the students, all the guests that we've had on this show. So if you've been along the ride with us, we just want to thank you because it's been a lot of fun. So on the show today, we've got a returning guest, someone that you'll be familiar with if you've been a longtime loyal listener of our show. Dr. Ashley Gray, she does all things special assessment, operations, and of course the voice into action resonant feedback survey. A little bit of a mouthful there, but it's so important. This this feedback survey goes out every year to all of our student residents, and it's so important because we truly want to give a voice to our community and hear what their wants and needs are, because that dictates what our long-term goals and strategic plan are. So this plays a really important role role and we're excited because we actually have the first results in from last fall survey we're going to be breaking down the data with Ashley taking a look at what it all means it's going to be very interesting we've got another guest that's going to kind of provide a, some real world examples of what this looks like Riley tell us about the other guests we got joining us today yes I am so excited to have Aubrey Carter with us she is an RA and soon to be community manager at Ram Village and she is here to give us that RA perspective that perspective of being on the the ground and having experiences with life on campus and with other residents. So I'm really excited to see how she takes the data and translates it into something tangible for us. Awesome. Well, this is going to be a lot of fun. We will see you on the other side of the intro here with Ashley and Aubrey breaking it all down. Here we go. College. It represents many things and more than just earning a degree. It's about the journey. It's about the moments of triumph and failure that shape us into the people we hope to become. You are built to do hard things, built to answer the challenges of your age. It's about lifelong friendships and the mentorship from professors that guide us along the way. College is a time of incredible growth and self-discovery. It's a time when we navigate the challenges of the classroom and the complexities of campus, forming connections with peers from all walks of life, with different backgrounds, cultures, and experiences. An education being something that no one can take away, and an education becomes part of you, a foundation for your life going forward. College is about finding a sense of community and belonging. It's about discovering newfound passions, late night study sessions, and meeting a new best friend. From taking a sip of the old well to storming Franklin Street in celebration, this is what it means to be a Tar Hill. And living on campus is at the center of it all. Welcome to Campus Connection, a Carolina housing podcast. 
Alrighty, well, we are back with another episode of Campus Connection and really excited to have Dr. Ashley Gray from Carolina Housing and Aubrey Carter, an RA over at Rams Village, to talk about the data from the Voice into Action survey. Ashley, we had you on a previous episode setting the table for what that survey is, how we use data, and now to have a chance to break down the results from last fall's survey and also hear hopefully some really cool real world examples from the amazing RA Aubrey Carter over at Rams, right? So first, let's let's just, uh, I wanna allow you both to introduce yourselves. Ashley, just kind of talk to us about what you do for Carolina Housing and, and kind of let folks, you know, understand all it is that, that you contribute to our operation here. Thanks, Matt. As Matt shared, my name is still Dr. Ashley Gray. It hasn't changed. And uh, one of the things that is the most important thing that I do for the role, my role in Carolina Housing is to make sure that we are collecting uh, feedback from residents, from uh, employees, from student employees, from family members, from um, other campus partners, uh, so that we are providing the best residential experience that we can. and that help guide our decision-making process as a Carolina Housing Leadership Team. Awesome, and, and Aubrey, we wanna hear from you too. We've had a lot of fun uh, talking to you before we came on the air, hearing about your, your background and what you're so passionate about. And we understand that you're a junior, that you're at, uh, at, at Ramsville. I don't wanna totally steal your introduction, but I would love to hear about how you have a true passion for giving back, supporting you know uh, your community, whether it be students here on campus or your other aspirations. Talk to us about that, your background, how you came to Carolina, uh, let, let's hear it all. So hi, I'm Aubrey. Uh, I am a junior. I'm majoring in political science and philosophy with a minor in creative writing. I'm from a little town called Lenore, North Carolina. It's uh, right on the outskirts of the Pittsburgh. Not the dining hall. Not the okay. dining hall. Okay. You'd be surprised at how many people think when I say I'm from Lenore, think I'm from the dining hall. And it takes them only a couple <laughs> seconds to go, wait, what? <laughs> um, but no, Lenore, uh, it's in Caldwell County. And I want to eventually go to law school and be an uh, environmental attorney, uh, probably working with uh, intellectual property or patent law prior to that so I can eventually do pro bono work for the environment. Uh, very much an environmentalist. Um, my favorite memories are often me in uh, a creek in Pisgah National Forest with my family. And as soon as I got old enough to realize that we were struggling with the environment, um, it became very important to me to preserve the forest in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's been a huge part of my growing up. Um, and so I really want to be an advocate for the environment because the environment can't really advocate for itself. That kind of led me to want to come to Carolina because Carolina has an amazing poli-sci program. And um, I've loved being in classes with professors. I adore class, which is, I don't really adore tests. Get, don't get me wrong, but I adore class in itself. I love learning. And so Carolina was my top choice. I was very excited when I got in. I got into their honors program and I have an amazing honors coach that I love working with and her helping me kind of guide my way. And my first year here, I was one of three students from my high school who had gone, to, who were currently at Carolina, the only one in my grade. So I knew nobody and my RAs, 
well, my RA and two of her friends became really close to me and helping me kind of get my footing being here at Carolina, which made me really wanted to be an RA. And when one of them found out I wanted to be an RA, got very excited because she was hoping I was going to want to be an RA and they were going to try and talk me into it anyway. So that kind of got my foot in the door. And I was going to initially try and aim for a first year community. I got placed in Ram Village, which I absolutely adore and now cannot imagine myself anywhere else. I think it fits me way better than I would have necessarily in a first year community. And it's become really amazing getting to know not only staff, but housing staff as well and different residents. You know, you meet 60 to 80 people a year just on your, based on your own residence and getting to know what they're wanting to do. And so it's, it's, become, it's become a really important part of my life over the past couple of years. I'm so glad you're here, especially because we've learned through the survey that the RA relationship with the resident is so pivotal to a resident's experience here on campus. And I won't get too much into the data because that is Ashley's territory. But I would love to give you the floor to explain the relationship between the RA, the resident, and the resident's satisfaction here with Carolina Housing. So one of the things that the Voice into Action survey and how we use the data is that we, the survey is uh, set up into 20 factors uh, related to uh, satisfaction and learning in the residence halls. And then it correlates to overall satisfaction and to, we then look at it um, and how folks are responding to uh, their desire to live on campus again or just their favorability of the residential experience in general. So what, pre, what factors predict overall satisfaction and residential success? And the number one factor over uh, anything else is the relationship that the resident has with their RA, which suggests that that is the single most important um, relationship uh, that residents can have. Uh, and it's not with an administrator like myself or the feelings that they may have, that residents may have about Carolina Housing leadership or even the community director. It really is about their relationship with their peer. And so our RAs have such a valuable impact on residents. And, and the data has always suggested that and continues to suggest that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's really great to hear that, and and I can just you know speak anecdotally. Every RA I've met has shared in that passion for supporting Tar Heels on campus and and cultivating a community, understanding that whether you're a student that is more quiet and reserved and maybe less involved on campus, or you're someone that's very outgoing and very involved, that they find students where they are and really they're that conduit, right? And and, and help support them on their journey. I, th I think it's so cool, uh, great to hear that, very encouraging to have that actual proven data that supports uh, that mission, so that's really cool. Aubrey, I wanna hear from you next because, you know, so in the most recent survey results from last fall, the Voice Into Action survey, which hopefully if you're listening to this right now, you participated, we heard from you and that you shared uh, your voice because it's something that is a huge priority for Carolina Housing. It really guides our long-term strategic plan. It dictates everything that we do, we hear from our students and we're trying to shape what we do around your voice. So Aubrey, I wanna to talk to you now about the results that we saw uh, last from, from last fall Empathy and caring was an area in the survey results that we saw a significant positive increase, which was very encouraging. And RAs, they really serve as that first line of mediation and perspective reframing for students when we see 
potential you know roommate conflicts right that sort of thing you're the first to kind of step in and help support that and help get that hopefully you know um, aimed in, in, a, in, a, in a great direction and towards resolution so Aubrey can you talk about maybe your personal experience with that when it comes to empathy and caring and maybe those types of conflicts that you encounter what strategies do you use uh, how do you kind of put things in perspective and help residents through that conflict well it's a lot of different things and it's definitely been a process of trial and error over the past couple of years being an RA. A lot of it comes from actually talks with my community director and how he handles conflict. But the thing is, is one of odds are one of the residents specifically has reached out to you. It's not the entire group, or at least not in my experience. So when you go into the situation, who, whatever the conflict is, one of the residents already feels kind of like they're on the catch up with their relationship with you because one of them reached out to you first and got to say their piece first. Um, and so it's usually, in my experience, best to, when you sit down, first of all, lay out your ground rules for mediation. Um, I think sometimes that helps level the playing field. I like to do a couple of things. One, you can always ask to take a step away if you're getting overwhelmed or you're having a lot of feelings because I want the conversations to be productive, not inflammatory. And so I was like, if you need to take a step away, take a step away, we'll take a break. We can come back to this. You know, it doesn't all have to be settled in this one sitting. Also, if they can't come to an agreement on their own, I'm always more than happy to put a place in the middle. Sometimes it's not always about one person getting everything they want and one person getting nothing. It's about finding finding a middle ground that everyone at least can be somewhat okay with. And then another thing is uh, listening to understand instead of listening to respond, which I have been guilty of doing both on in my own personal life. Uh, so sometimes it's nice just to have that reminder, especially when it's a really heated situation and so kind of settling it with this is kind of how my guidelines for the conversation and we were not going to have a productive conversation if we're not doing this i also encourage everyone to let people finish speaking before they start that way we don't get into like a screaming match trying to talk over each other and so a lot of times i start with the person who didn't come to me to explain their situation let them have their first foot in the door when we're all sitting down together and then have the other person re-explain to me what happened. That way everybody can hear exactly where everybody came from, which I think helps with the initial groundwork at least because there's, <laughs> my dad always said that there's three different versions of the story, your story, my story, and the truth. And so we're trying to get as close to the truth as possible, which can be difficult at the best of times, especially when there's three or four parties involved. But the setting the ground rules has been one of the more positive interactions to having mediation with residents. Another thing that is really helpful is staying with the residents at their level. Although you are a student when you're an RA, you also hold this level of responsibility with residents um, that they say they see and they can tell. And whether or not an RA means to um, a lot of times they have, residents have feelings about RAs prior to interacting with RAs. Um, and so it's nice to, when you're having a conversation, everybody is sitting, first of all, I prefer it for everybody to be sitting on like the same size of uh, like all in the same kind of chair. So nobody's sitting higher or another, or worst case, we all go to the floor and we all sit like crisscross applesauce on the floor. Um, because sometimes that helps more than anything. So no one's standing over anyone else. And 
feeling a kind of tension from that. And so it's interesting because every situation is so incredibly different, balancing not only different tensions and different perspectives, but also different personalities. And some residents are quieter and some residents are really outgoing and some are really loud and some just want to sit there and not say a word. And so trying to find the middle with all of that and a conflict really requires you to kind of play it by ear. Oftentimes it's making sure the people who haven't said their piece start speaking so they can find their middle ground or whatever makes them feel at peace with their situation. Sometimes it's just making sure that you are matching the energy of the person you're specifically interacting with. So with one resident, I may also be very loud and outgoing. And with another resident, I may be more chill and sitting back and having more of a casual conversation, especially so they feel comfortable enough to tell me actually what's bothering them with the mediation situation, because rarely is a mediation ever just one problem. It's usually a culmination of things that have slowly built up over time. Once you get all of the base information out, the groundwork out, everybody's kind of said their initial piece and you're starting to work on actually getting towards something, that's when we kind of take another break and I start saying, okay, now this is kind of how I want this next section to go. And that's when we start saying, when the listen to uh, understand really comes in, try and put yourself in their shoes. Try and see where they are coming from. I know it's hard because you'll never be that person, but just doing your best. If you were them, how would you feel in this situation? And it's a hard thing to do. You know, you will never be another person. You'll never have their perspective and everything, all of the baggage and packages they come with from their personal life to bring into a situation, but you can do your best. And a lot of times that helps people at least ease out of the really tenseness of the beginning of the conversation. And hopefully, if everything goes well, um, it leads to a solution that everyone's happy with. Not always. Nobody's perfect. But it is, it is a lot of, at least from my chaotic experiences with roommate mediation, been a lot of balancing personalities and perspectives almost even more so than the actual problem in and of itself. But you, the, the other thing that's really tricky that I think is really helpful for RAs to have is to be able to remain in control of a situation, which not like with an iron fist or anything, but sometimes you're going into this space that's not your space as an RA. It's some resident's home. You know, they live there. You're, you're entering this. They already have all of these conversations without you. And you somehow have to kind of keep everything within a circle um, and make sure nothing gets derailed too far or nobody gets really, really upset. And it's kind of just remain, remaining calm and reminding them that, hey, I'm here to help. And keeping that sort of vague control is the most helpful with making sure that residents get what they need. Thank you for laying that out for us, Aubrey, to, to, to hear that. It, I think that context is so helpful for, you know, not just other RAs, I'm sure, but, but really just having that context for the approach 
for how those situations are handled, I think is really helpful, right? Because, you know, everyone's looking maybe in that scenario to have a, you know, someone to point a finger at, but to understand your approach and how that leads to a resolution, I think is really cool. But now I think what we, we want to bring in is, you know, Ashley, you know, if you can kind of give us the, you know, kind of what the data indicates, hearing from, from Aubrey, the kind of um, real world on the ground experience in your role, Ashley, can you kind of give us the perspective from what data says and, and kind of how you approach that? So what I really loved about um, Aubrey's like uh, amazing kind of uh, story and laying out how you approach conflict resolution is that for quite some time, for you know over the past ten years, the there's a data point about perspective taking, and, and the question it relates to because I live on campus, I'm better able to uh, put myself in other folks' shoes. And that data point has been trajecting downward, uh, both here at Carolina, but also at the state and nationally. And this is the first year in many, 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 many years that we have a we have a, an uptick. And I think that it's so important, the work that you do, uh, especially around conflict, um, because I heard you say seek to, you know, you help uh, residents to try to seek to understand before being understood, to listen fully, which is the, I, th I think, the, one of the most important things to creating empathy. And when you think about our national, uh, maybe national narrative um, and polarization and those types of things, those groundwork, even if the resolution isn't uh, mutual and every party is, is walking away happy, the groundwork you laid is an empathetic groundwork, is giving individuals the skills to uh, have to be empathetic um, and I think sometimes we think of empathy as like a characteristic or a feeling but it's a skill and it's a skill that you are influencing uh, your residents regardless of outcome and we in Carolina Housing having watched and monitored and talking about um, how uh, empathy points at Carolina but also across the nation have been dipping um, have talked about how can we best support our, our our RAs who are having those conversations who are the ven you know who are the avenue for for creating a more empathetic uh, community and so you're doing those things regardless of the outcome I would say that all of your um, community conflicts if, if as laying that are, are helping and I don't want to have anything as causation and I, we haven't like arrived um, but it, it is cool to start seeing that um, that empathy data point go upward slightly because I I, I do believe it's a lot of, we can attribute it to the many ways we are intentionally training our, our professional staff, our student staff, and supporting our student staff after they've had those hard conversations. Well, and I'd love to talk about our community living standards as those are another factor in resident satisfaction, how well those standards are upheld and RAs are a pivotal role in upholding those standards. So I'd love to hear the two perspectives, you, Aubrey, from the, the ground perspective on when you are enforcing these policies, the positive changes that you're seeing for your residents. And then Ashley, what data is showing as to what those community standards should be and why we need to be upholding them? So we just talked about empathy, and that is a data point that we track um, in the trends. And again, the Voice into Action survey is both immediate feedback about residents' experiences and our trend levels that set the stage for lots of policy making and decision making for Carolina housing. Uh, so we talked about the empathy as data point getting a lot of attention. And another uh, attention is how residents feel like the residents around them respect their study environment, their the quiet hours, the 
community in general, their community environment, because we understand that this is communal living, um, even you know within a suite or a there is still communal aspects of that and we all come from different backgrounds and so what is community from a bunch of different backgrounds um, and what are preferences and so some folks like to be up early and some folks like to be up at night and if it was only your home then you might be able to have some of those uh, decisions about when to be loud and when not to be loud but you are living in community and we see that uh, the relationship to RAs matter a lot for satisfaction, but so does the perception of residents feeling like others are respecting quiet hours, respecting study time, and respecting the community they live in. And so our RAs play a vital role in making sure that those community living standards, which are set up to create respectful living environments, are adhered by by all residents, which puts RAs in that accountability of their peers. And so I'm excited to hear kind of how, how you go about that, because that can be an intimidating part of the job, especially with peers. And it is really important to, to relate to uh, satisfaction overall. Enforcing policy is never the funnest thing to do. It's definitely one of the scarier parts of the job, in my personal opinion, um, especially when you're initially starting and you're getting into your rhythm. I will say that a quiet hours policy uh, specifically is probably one of the easiest ones to deal with. Thank goodness. It's also sadly one of the more common ones, but it is one of the ones that are easier because most of the time when you're interacting with the residents who are being too loud they are very apologetic and they were not intending to be too loud so it's usually one of the easier ones to be like you know some people are trying to study or sleep or whatever and people are like oh my gosh i'm so sorry so that's one of the ones that's easier on the ras because there's usually not as much pushback i think also being i don't know if it's carolina specific but i think because carolina is such a intense on academic rigor school people really do understand the need for safe study and uh, sleep spaces which i think is awesome but when it comes to like enforcing policy with your residents who are also your peers um, and may even be older than you which is something i had to do a lot of last year (laughs) being a sophomore in an upperclassman dorm it's it's you walk a fine line Uh, a lot of the time like I said it's easier with quiet hours Um, knocking on the door and when they open it saying hey I'm really sorry to bother you because you are stepping into their space even if you're not going in the room and you you should probably stay in the hallway but if you're even if you're not going into the room uh, you are sharing a space with them in that moment apologizing for interrupting their evening and then kind of leading into I we got a call um, uh, about XYZ being too loud um, do you mind turning it down? This is our quiet hour policy is from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m., 24 hours during um, exam week. Um, I've given that spiel a dozen times. Um, uh, and so if you could just turning it down a few notches until, you know, XYZ hour comes up, your apartment mates would really appreciate it. And you get their information and go on with your evening most of the time. It gets trickier when the policy violations get more personal. Whenever there's something like there's alcohol in a space that there shouldn't be that's a pretty common one as well that one gets more tricky people start getting really nervous and really scared and i hate it when when the residents are nervous and scared it makes me feel bad Um, i don't ever want them to be fearful when it's a space i'm in with them i want them to feel safe talking to me especially if it's my own residence i'm having to have this conversation with um and so you walk this line of being a friend being a mentor and being someone who has to kind of hold you accountable for things you sign up for when you are living in uh in our campus environment um and so 
a lot of times, you know, it starts this, It starts very similarly. I'm sorry for bothering you. This is the call we got. And you ease them into it. And then you go back to the balancing personalities. If you know the resident, oftentimes that helps a little because you kind of know who they are and how they, you interact with them initially. And so that can help a little bit with the ease the initial discomfort of the situation of I know who this person is. I can I can explain in a way that they've been receptive to me prior why this is happening. Um, with a stranger, it eases it a little on the back end because you're not going to have any like resulting tension in your relationship. So pros and cons to both situations, definitely. But I don't think there's an RA who wouldn't say that this isn't the most stressful part of the job because most of the RAs that have had to do this that I know of have also struggled, like I have, with with wanting to be a peer and a friend and also having to do our job. And so it's this weird culmination of relationships with your residents. And most of the time, at least again in my experience, once a resident has had, specifically with quiet hours, had a quiet hours situation, they never have a quiet hour situation again. They realized, oh crap, I was being too loud, and then they're more conscious of it. And then everybody's happy because nobody, some people are able to get sleep, they're able to study, they're able to relax whatever they were trying to do with their evening to get themselves through whatever chaos they have going on in their academic and personal lives. And so if it's a situation where you have to interact with the residents again, like it's one of your own, um, which I've only had that happen like twice. And so it's it's still pretty new to me, if I'm being entirely honest. The best experiences I've had post interacting with them with the policy violation is usually acting like, almost like nothing happened. Completely, like I, you, I, at least me as an anxious person are gonna be anxious out the wazoo, worried about, oh gosh, what does this resident think of me now? I'm, I don't wanna like ruin this relationship I built with them. This is like so terrifying, but if you, try not to be too freaked out the resident also will reciprocate that energy because you were reciprocating that energy initially and they'll realize hey this isn't such a big deal i made one mistake it was a genuine mistake that's something i won't happen again my ra is acting like this is normal it's definitely normal it's fine which is easier said than done granted because when you're in i call it ra mode you have to kind of, you're you're balancing so much uh, and then you go back into student or person mode and you're like you're like oh my gosh I was so nervous about this what am I going to do and you tell your CD everything and you're like and I'm trying I promise um, but I'm just very nervous because you you want your residents to have a good relationship with you so yeah it's just it's it's a lot of balancing skills of both general mediation like you do uh, like we talked about a little minute ago and also holding on to your personal relationships with residents. Similar to the empathy, when I hear you speak, Aubrey, about the ways that you enforce policy, it, the data suggests that that is working, like that, that it's important. So I just want to thank you um, sincerely to say even if you're, I know that you need to do your job and there are ways that we try to hold RAs accountable and I think there's still agency so your decision to knock on the door and say hey we've had a complaint about noise or if you hear it or those types of things at to your point mo folks in community want to be respectful community members and they just might need uh, to be remembered to do so and I guess what I'm trying to say is that the voice into action survey suggests that it matters to residents and again 
you play a big role into that, even going through those nervousness. So, thank you. Again, really appreciate the insight, Aubrey, really laying that out for us. I think is really, really cool to just have that unfiltered look into your world and, and what you do. So I really appreciate that. So we're almost up against it in terms of time today. I appreciate you both coming on. Before we wrap up, though, we, we just spent 30 minutes looking back at the survey results, data, how that's applied in a real world way at the RA level with our resident advisors on campus. Now I want to look ahead. Ashley, can you talk about, you know, we, we just kind of reflected on on last fall and that data and how that's driving us forward. What's what's in the pipeline for the future when you're thinking about our strategic plan that we've talked about on previous episodes and how we're really, you know, steering the ship and charting the course for where we're going with Carolina housing? Talk about that. What does the future hold for us? What are the big plans? How are we implementing this data going forward? Uh, no small questions over here. Uh, that's the podcast. <laughs> Full transparency, the, the voice into action data g- got back to me in January, in early January. Now we're at January 26th. And so what we do in Carolina housing after each of those uh, voice into action survey is done, uh, I will sp- I'm in the process of synthesizing all the information and we'll take it to our housing advisory board. I'll take it to our leadership team. And really cool this year is that our 20. 20- 25 plan is almost wrapping up because it's 24 and so we will be working to look for the next five to ten years and we're going to have some really key areas of focus when it comes again i i don't see the focus of of empathy or diverse interactions or how to be a good human um changing anytime soon but we will continue to look at that look at disaggregated data to ensure that the experiences of all residents are are feeling welcoming and it's something that we take a lot of pride in on the other side kind of uh some some other big picture continues to be looking at internet connectivity, some facility upgrades, things around HVAC and temperature control and and those types of things that we know are really important to resident. We have tangible data on some of those metrics, but we use the voice into action survey to see perceptions of how residents are feeling about some of those big facility issues. And so that will be something that we'll be looking toward in the future. And then I do not foresee a time where the number one predictor is not of RAs, of residents returning to campus is not their interaction with their RAs. And the student population is always changing and the needs of the student is changing. And so because it's the number one predictor, that means if there's a bad experience with an RA, the residents may not return. And if there's a good experience with their RA, but what people perceive as a positive experience will will change will change and so i i see us uh, continuing to look at our community engagement plans which is something that we do to make sure that uh, residents are have opportunities to connect with one another as well as what we call our you know aubrey seems to be an amazing ra that gets to know all of her uh, 60 to 80 students but our tar heel talks is one of those ways that we do that and how does it feel to have an ra you know one-on-one talk to you how can you ensure that that you're developing that relationship uh with your RA. 
Beautifully put, Ashley. Thank you for that, Aubrey. We need to hear from you one last time. We only have a couple minutes left, so we got to keep it short. But I want to just uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure meeting you and hearing about your journey here at Carolina, everything that you're doing. Let's hear about the future of Aubrey Carter. We heard about Carolina housing. We want to hear what's what's in store for you, what's on the horizon in your journey. You're a junior here. What's coming next? Well, thank you so much. I have enjoyed doing this. It's super fun and something I can honestly say I've never done before. So that's really cool. For me, uh, like I said, I'm a junior. I'm studying for my LSATs as we speak, which is one of the most stressful texts I think I have ever taken in my life. I hope to go to law school. Fingers crossed I will get into one of the top 30 law schools. That is a goal of mine. I want to eventually do pro bono work with the environment. I want to do environmental law. Before that, I'll probably work corporate law, something like that, um, just to build myself up a cushion so I can do pro bono work in the most effective way possible. I really want to preserve our environment in any way I can. And then well into the future, once I'm tired of being an attorney and the chaos that it will be, because it's a lot of long hours and a lot of going with whatever comes up at a certain time is I would really love to be a professor, either at a law school or at an undergraduate university teaching something to do with a law or ethics and something in that realm um, and hopefully giving other people the passion that my classes have given to me. I took an environmental law and policy class here that absolutely solidified my love for environmental law and I would love to be able to do that for other people in the future. So lots of big plans. Don't know what will happen but hopefully everything will happen for the better and it'll be good for the future well we are wishing you the best aubrey we can't wait to see where uh, that takes you we're going to hold you to all of it okay, okay. so <laughs> gonna check in with us in the future on another episode riley uh, we're wrapping up you've got the last word well, I just want to thank the both of you for coming in and sharing your perspectives on these matters from the data side to the personal on the ground resident advisor experience. I think both perspectives are beyond valuable and I have learned so much just in this conversation and in our conversations before recording this episode. So I just want to thank both of you again for your expertise and for sharing that perspective with me. Campus Connection, a Carolina housing podcast.